appreciate it. Thank you guys for, this is such an honor. It really is. Um, you know, and I said in the first service, you know, it, being obedient to God uh, is something you don't ever just completely arrive at. You know, um, some of my closer friends know that this for me is like jumping off of a diving board um, and not knowing what's on the other side. Um, I really feel, uh, you know, just the stuff that God's been sharing to me and revealing to me over the last few years, I just want to be able to share my heart with you this morning. So that's what this is, just a little bit of boot camp that I've been through that I want to be able to share with you. So um, I'm going to go ahead and open up here so I stay on track. So you think Ross has rabbit trails. Whew. Okay, here we go. You know what I love most about Mother's Day is that there is no waiting most of the time. For us moms, um, it's nice because even right now, getting th about 30 minutes to share with you is, without any interruptions, is an amazing thing. And I say this because I actually brought a, a, vid or a, a clip today, um, a picture of my our youngest daughter, Arden, um, as I was going through uh, just preparing and trying to time myself and just see kind of how I would present this in a larger group. Um, I didn't even get out of doing that without an interruption. So this is what is taking place at my house when I'm trying to go over my notes for this morning. And as you can see, um, that red stuff is actually not lipstick. It is, you know those little watercolor paint things with like the little colors? And those little things pop out. And they, they get eaten in my house, I guess. <laughs> so that is Arden sucking on a red tablet of watercolor. So I started cleaning her up a little bit on her hands, but then I'm like, oh, God's giving me an illustration. I need to take a picture of this. So <laughs> that is Arden uh, in the middle of uh, destroying the house while I'm trying to prepare for today. So getting to be up here is great because there's no, I don't have any interruptions. Um, another thing that I really enjoy about Mother's Day and not having to wait is I get to eat a hot meal today. So I know you guys are laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> we don't care if it's burnt. If it's hot, it's good, right? <laughs> um, another thing too is, is just peace and quiet. And, you know, I was telling the first service, the thing I love the most is what people say to me. They're like, boy, with five kids, you just must really be okay with chaos and noise and just everything being lively all the time. And I could never do that. And I'm thinking, I can't either. I can't do that either. But this is where God has me. And, you know, if you ask any of my kids and my husband, it's like, there's times mom goes to timeout, and it's because I put myself there. Um, I just really enjoy peace and quiet. But another thing, too, I want to I do a little uh, teaching for the new moms in here. Um, Mother's Day with your husbands. It, it's going to take a little bit of training on your part to explain to them that if you gave birth to their offspring, that means you're a mother and you get honored. And Early on, now, not that my husband treated me bad on Mother's Day, but he was so busy taking care of his mom that when I asked him, you know, what, what, what gives here? He's like, well, you're not my mother. <laughs> okay, but let's rewind a little bit. I'm taking care of your children, you know. Let's, let's, you know. So I'm just letting you young moms know that it just takes a little bit of training. So be patient with your husbands. They just need trained. Some, th <laughs> some things we do have to wait on, though, as moms in life is sleep. And what I think is so funny about sleep is I don't know how you all were, 
But as a teenager, I used to brag about how little sleep that I got and that I could still go the next day. And it was just like, I, I didn't skip a beat. Um, and then as a mom, if I lose even an hour of sleep at night, it's like I just come unglued. I mean, it's just over. You know, it's just that, that feeling of, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I'm deprived. And so as moms, that is something that we kind of get used to. Um, we're sleep deprived. And so we do have to wait before we get a good night's sleep. Being a mother of teens, being right. We have to wait to be right for a few years. There's this, I remember age 11 with, with my, uh, my oldest, Adelie, um, when she was between 9 and 11, there's that window of influence. And then it just kind of started, you know, getting a little bit less and less. And then it opens back up the closer they get to adulthood because they realize, oh my gosh, maybe I don't have it all figured out. But it's, it's just kind of fun to see that in the rear view mirror. But at the time, you just, no matter what you say, all you have to do is breathe and you're wrong. And so that is something as moms, to win an argument, we just have to wait on that. It is nothing you're doing wrong. It's not because you, you know, haven't been able to rehearse your answer correctly. It's just that you're wrong because you're breathing. So give it time. But one of my favorites, um, not that I enjoy waiting on this, but one of my favorite things to uh, put into perspective is as moms, especially of teenagers, you have to wait to have money. Even if it's just a $20 bill that's in your wallet that you have tucked away somewhere that nobody knows about, it never fails. Your kid can smell that from across the room. <laughs> oh, mom, I forgot to tell you I need, I don't know, a t-shirt for band camp, or we don't even do band camp, but that just is what I was thinking. Or, you know, hey, I forgot, I, I, we're going over here and it's during lunchtime and I need some money for lunch. Or, you know, it just, it never fails. You know, that poor little $20 bill never gets to live very long in my wallet. But, Rest assured that when Pastor Ross calls us to an all-church fast, moms, that's the time that you tell your kids and you tell your husband, we're going on a fast, and you take that grocery money and you go spend it on yourself, get some jeans and some lipstick, perfume, whatever you need, a good purse. That's the time to use the money. That's what an all-church fast is all about. So, <laughs> oh, But all joking aside, I do want to talk about waiting this morning. And if I was to title this sermon, it would be From Wait to Great. And I want to look at my text in Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. You guys can turn there. Starting in verse 29, it says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And up until this point in the book of Isaiah, uh, the, the chapters preceding this, the book really talks, you know, uh, the prophet Isaiah is speaking from the Lord just some woes and, and some, uh, just some uh, punishment that is going to incur because of their lack of uh, obedience to God because they're getting into idolatry, they're, they're mixing in pagan worship, they're just doing things that's not pure in the sight of the Lord. They're, they're just not giving everything to him. And, and it, it's just a lot of woes and judgment on Israel. And then once you get to this, this chapter and, and, and through the rest of the book of Isaiah, he starts to uh, un, 
unfold his promises and his redemption for his people. And that's so beautiful because we all go through times where we are just, you know, we're going through a time where we're just not on track and we need to be reminded. Sometimes we get that hard word and then, you know, on the backside of that, God's redeeming love comes and rebuilds us and brings us back to the place that we need to be. And so starting, you know, in this chapter on, you know, God really shows that. He shows his promises to his people. And even though it will take several hundred years later for that to completely come, that promise to completely come to pass, you know, he's teaching his people how to wait. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a process. It takes time. And uh, in my own personal life, when it comes to waiting, um, you know, I've always looked at waiting as something that I didn't get it right the first time, or it's kind of a punishment. You know, waiting is something, you know, <laughs> one of my favorite. I, I used to be one of those kids that didn't like to wait in line. And so I would, uh, you know, just try and talk my way to the front of the line in class. And uh, I'll never forget, I had a, a, a if you know Missionettes are, uh, we had a, a Prim's class, or a Daisy's class. It was like a five-year-old, or five to seven-year-old class. And she pulled me out. And she said, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first, Amy. And so it was embarrassing because as I made my way to the front, yeah, nobody else thought that was really, you know, as important as I did. But waiting, like I said, back, back on track, is just that, you know, it isn't as negative as we sometimes think it is. It's not something, you know, that we think you know, in frustration that God has given me a promise, you know, for us, you know, church planning, you know, God spoke to us to come here and plant a church. And it was frustrating in the beginning because you know what God's showing you, but you just don't see where that's leading to exactly. You don't always see everything line up or, you know, in a season of waiting for you, you might get distracted. You know, it's so easy to look to your right and left to see how people else are progressing, and their, their seasons of waiting. And, you know, every one of us has a promise that God has given us. And, and it's, it's a personal promise just for you. And it's going to look different to every person. And so that promise you see in other people's coming to pass. And it's, it's frustrating to wait. Um, you get distracted. And then sometimes you just lose interest. You start doubting. Did I really hear from God? Is this really what he has for me, and you start kind of beating yourself up like, you know, I'm not spiritual enough to hear from God, or maybe this isn't something that I once thought it was. And so I just want to say that waiting is an active decision that actually produces strength in your lives. Waiting on the Lord renews your strength. Now, how in the world do we do that? How do we wait on the Lord to renew our strength? And I have a few ways that I just want to share with you that this is what God was working in me. And one of the ways is, um, number one, is to stay focused. If we could look at Romans 5, I'd like to read what it says here. Chapter 5, verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. What is being poured into you from him needs to come first. And out of that overflow becomes your ministry. I think too many times as we're waiting on God's promises, we discount the ministry that we have in other people's lives. And so as we are, are, are getting filled up, I, I'll never forget a church plant wife back years ago that was praying for me. 
And she just said, Amy, just make sure that, what, that you get filled for yourself first. That you make sure that you take that. And out of that overflow is what's going to touch others. And I love what it says in Exodus 16.4. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Then if you jump down to verse 18, 17 and 18, it says, Then the children of Israel did so and gathered, some more and some less. So when they measured it by omers, which is about two quarts, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. It doesn't matter how much you gather. It's that you're gathering. If you want to renew your strength, you've got to stay filled. It's so important that you stay filled on a daily basis. You know, Brantley was talking about that last Sunday night, how important it is to keep yourself, you know, just in the word daily. And what happens is, I mean, we've all heard it. You know, people will say, well, I'm just not getting fed. You know, I, I come to church and I, I just, you know, I just, it, it's, not, it's not for me. But honestly, if you only ate once a week, you would be starving, <laughs> You know, and how many of you guys like to be around hangry people? <laughs> it's no fun. And they're so busy eating that they're not able. Their overflow is not able to minister to others. They're so busy getting fed for themselves. And we have all been in those seasons where we need, you know, individually. But I just want to encourage you as followers of Christ that daily be in the word and fill yourself, gather, whether it's a lot. I mean, I would love to say that I spend tons of time in the Bible, but I, I'm just, I can't right now. I mean, I guess I could, but I just, where I'm at, it's just, you know, but I know the important thing is that I'm gathering and you need to know that because the enemy will try and tell you it's never going to be enough, but you gather and you allow God to measure it. You don't measure it. You let God and as you fill yourself daily, that overflow is touching the people that you see, sit next to in your seats. That will minister. Another thing I see um, is a way to renew your strength would be just stay close to the Holy Spirit's leading. In Luke 24, verse 49... It says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The word endued means to endow with a gift. It is a gift given to us. It is a beautiful thing. You have to receive it. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit wants to give you what you need in that time. It is so essential. It renews your strength. It's what helps you run when you, when you grow weary. It's what helps you walk and not faint. To me, it's, it's like waiting is a chasm. You know, if you think of the Grand Canyon, you know, you have this side where you're at, and you have this, this chasm, and on the other side is the promise of what God has for you. And you know that you've done all that you know to do to stand. And you're right at the edge. I mean, you, you have worked as hard as you can in your own strength, in your own talents and abilities. Because a lot of times I think we do rely on our strengths and our talents and abilities. And we look at that as, as ministering to others. But God has so much more beyond what we're capable of doing. 
You know, the, the capability goes way beyond your strengths and weaknesses. And so you're standing right here, and you know God has given you a promise. How do you get to that other side? There's this chasm. That is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is supernatural. There is nothing you can do to make that work. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you allow yourself to be filled daily, and you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to just take over where you leave off, that becomes the renewing process. That renews your strength. And all of a sudden, it's not just waiting till you get to the promises that become what ministers. It's that renewal in between. That's where your ministry starts. Don't wait for God to use you. You know, you might think, you know, maybe I'm kind of new to faith or I, I'm not sure about this. And so you're very cautious. And I'm not saying that's bad. I mean, as you're learning and as you're growing, but as God is able to equip you through the power of the Holy Spirit, that renewal is going to touch people that you never thought would. It's a beautiful thing. So just know that that journey starts when you walk forward, and that ministry that God has for you starts as you walk, not when you arrive at your destination. The third thing that I see is to stay intentional. And I think, you know, we've talked before that God gave us that word, being intentional in our home. And um, it's crazy because, you know, you think, oh, that's our word for the year. But I can't believe how many times on a daily basis I'm looking at how important intentionality is. It is so important. We are so busy in America. We are so busy. It's hard to stay intentional with the things that are simple but are, are truth and important. You know, it's, it, we don't play the game of what's good and bad. We play the game of what's better and what's best. And being intentional is best. And your intentionality might look different than someone else's intentionality. What God is speaking to you to be intentional about is going to look different to somebody else. But you need to stay intentional. And in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, I'd like to read that. It says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And you're waiting. Just remember, no one ever came until they first were overcome. You know, it's those times it's overwhelming. You're pushing, whether it's ministry uphill or you're just pushing day-to-day -day stuff, and it feels like you're just moving uphill. You feel the weight of trying to be intentional. God wants to renew you. He wants to renew that strength. That waiting, that is not passive. That is active. He wants to connect with you supernaturally. This promise it's going to take time, but he has something on the other side that you are not going to be able to get to on your own. There's not enough good to make it on your own. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. As you stay filled, as you stay close to the Holy Spirit, and you stay intentional. And these are just things that God has, you know, been working out in my own life. You know, these are things that you know, we can, we can lose sight of that. We can get distracted. 
But I just want to encourage you today, you know, being Mother's Day, I know moms, sometimes we, you know, it's so easy to put head to the plow. It's so easy to just wait and take care of ourselves later. And even if you're not a mom, you're just in a place where you're just running, 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 running. God can still speak while you're busy. You know, I always thought, well, I gotta, it's important to stop being busy, but sometimes God will speak to you in your busyness. You've just got to be intentional. You've got to gather. You've got to let something bigger than who you are take you over the chasm and renew your strength, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, right now, God, I thank you for the opportunity, God, to do something. God, to share your word, to proclaim your word, God in a way I never thought I would before. Jesus, I thank you for these people. God, I thank you for promises that you've given them individually in their own personal lives. God, promises to fulfill them, promises to comfort them, to keep them safe. God, promises that sometimes just seem too far out of reach. That is an awesome place to be. That is an awesome place to be, to not be able to reach a promise that you have because it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit to get them where they need to be. God, I pray that you would give them intentionality, God, in a world that is busy and likes to stay focused on things that are not best, things that are good. God, I pray right now for the intentionality in this room. God, every one of us has something that you've called us to. I pray, Lord, that we would walk in that, that waiting is not passive, it is active. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.